Hey, I'm Matt, and I'm the student pastor at Watson Baptist Church here in Watson, Louisiana. And I'm excited to be launching this podcast. It's mainly for our students who meet on Wednesday nights for our Wednesday Night Refreshed, where we focus on growing in our faith in Christ through fellowship, worship, and studying the Word together, which helps us be refreshed and ready to go back out into the world to live for Christ. But this podcast is also for you, whoever you happen to be. See, my passion is sharing the gospel with anybody. And last I checked, you are anybody. But not just anybody, you're somebody. Somebody awesome, by the way. So whether you are part of our student ministry at Watson Baptist Church or not, welcome to Wednesday Night Whenever. Welcome to Wednesday Night Whenever. We are back in our series, Meeting with Jesus, focusing on interactions with Jesus. You know, these meetings that we see in Scripture that leave people changed. And this is our penultimate lesson of our series. Uh, The next lesson will technically be our last. uh, But then to close it out, we're going to kind of tie it together with six truths that we can take away from this series but our, our last meeting, you know, in our last meeting with, with Jesus, um, you know, it came as, as Jesus was nailed and dying on the cross between two criminals. Up until Jesus took his final breath, he was having these amazing interactions with people, life-changing, death-altering meetings. You know, he met people where they were at, you know, as, as they came and, and changed them. Only Jesus has that kind of power. And we see that, you know, we see that... That proof of that of that power time and time again in, in the Gospels. We've seen it in every interaction that we've looked at, that, that Jesus had with those that he encountered. But today, we see the ultimate proof of that power, you know, as as do those who, who follow him, right? His disciples. And so so the last time that, that we were in our in our lesson, you know, Jesus was was nailed to the cross between two criminals. His clothes were gambled for, he was mocked. And ridiculed by those there, except for one, right? Except for one of the criminals who in faith told Jesus to remember him when he entered into his kingdom in just a few short seconds. And Jesus, remember what Jesus said to the criminal? He said that he would be with him in paradise. And then shortly after, Jesus would breathe his last. He would cry out, it is finished. And then Jesus would die. Now, usually after someone has died of crucifixion, their, their body would be left there to basically rot or get eaten by animals. Brutal stuff. But a man named Joseph of Arimathea, who was a man of, of wealth and authority and, and also a disciple of Jesus, he went to Pilate and he asked to have Jesus' body taken down so that he could give it a proper burial. And then Pilate, he allowed that to happen. And so then we see Joseph along with Nicodemus. You remember him? You know, he, they, they took and they prepared Jesus' body with oils, and then they wrapped it in linen, and then they put Jesus in Joseph's own tomb, where it was sealed by a heavy stone and guarded by Roman centurions. And we know what happens next, don't we? Right? We celebrated it over Easter, you know, proving once again who he said that, who he, said that he was and, and what he came to do. Jesus beat death and the grave, and he rose from the dead. John chapter 20, starting with verse 1, it says, On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark. 
she saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she went running to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said to them, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. At that, Peter and the other disciple went out heading for the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and got to the tomb first. Stooping down, she saw the linen cloths lying there, but did not go in. But he did not go in. And then following him, Simon Peter also came. He entered the tomb and saw the linen cloths lying there. The wrapping that had been on his head was not lying with the linen cloths, but it was folded in a separate place all by itself. The other disciple who had reached the tomb first then also went in, saw, and believed. For they did not yet understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to the place where they were staying. So Mary Magdalene goes up to the tomb, and the stone has been rolled away, this giant stone, and inside there is no Jesus. And so she tells some of the other disciples, which, by the way, have have gone into hiding because they thought that, hey, they may be crucified next. But Peter and the the one that Jesus loved, which scholars think was actually John, the writer of the book of John, went to see if Mary was right or just crazy. And they see that she was indeed correct. No Jesus. And it says they haven't yet grasped what was happened. You know, that Jesus was risen like he said it would happen. And this Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene. And Jesus tells her to go and tell the disciples that he has risen and hasn't yet ascended into heaven. But remember, you know, they don't believe her here. They don't believe her And then Jesus, he starts appearing to his disciples in rooms that were locked and with no windows. Jesus would appear among them and to teach to them, eat with them, prove his aliveness, that he was indeed, that he has indeed beat death and risen from the grave, that he is exactly who he said he was, the eternal son of God who has come into the world to die for the sins of mankind, to pave the way for man to be in right standing with God. But one of his disciples misses out. You know, he's not in the room where it happens. Click, boom. Hamilton humor for you. But this is the interaction that we're focusing on now, you know, between Jesus and the doubting disciple, Thomas. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to John chapter 20, verses 24 through While you're turning there, I just want to mention I love questions. You know, it's it's why we do a question bucket here in our student ministry. We have a whole bucket set up just for students' questions because I love to answer them. I love to answer the questions that that our students have. Um, we actually did a whole series based on answering students' questions a while back. I would still like to do that again, by the way. So hey, if you have a question regarding Jesus, the Bible, God, or Christianity in general, you know, you can always leave a comment. Um, you know, under, under our podcast episodes, wherever you're listening at, or if you follow us on, if you follow me on Facebook and I, where I, where I um, advertise our, our, our podcast or whatever, you can always, you know, uh, leave me a comment there. Uh, but I would love to answer them or do a whole lesson just based on answering some of your questions. I'd love to do that. Um, but we did one actually a while back that focused on doubts. Um, you know, and, you know, there was there was a question that a student submitted regarding doubt and losing faith in God, and, and we really and we we took some time to talk about faith 
and doubt, and how doubt and having doubts about God can actually prove your faith and even strengthen it. You know, because here's the thing. Everyone at some point or another has doubts about God, about their faith. You know, even the most elite of believers, you know, those who, who you may think that are like the cream of the crop, you know, the top Christians, um, the Billy Grahams of the faith. You know, Billy Graham, he even had a moment of doubt when he had trouble answering uh, a friend's question regarding faith. And he was at a point where he could go back to milking cows or to continue his ministry. You know, and he fell to his knees and he, he decidedly declared that the Word of God was just that, the Word of God. You know, he poured over Scripture and he searched it. And in turn, God revealed himself to a young Billy Graham. And he went on to preach what would lead him to be known internationally as the evangelist. You know, doubt has the ability to strengthen our faith when we truly rely on the Word as the source of our truth. You know, and where we go for, for answers. But that's just the thing. Because today there are so many other places that we go to for answers. There's so many places that are just trying to get your attention. You know, no wonder that there's so much confusion, confusion today in the younger generations. You know, no wonder confusion abounds today because there are so many things that are vying for our attention. And if we have any doubts in our faith, in a moment of weakness, we can turn to almost anything else for the answers. But it's who we go to for answers in our moment of doubt that matters. And what I really want to express to you right now and to try to get across to you is that God is not afraid of your questions. You know, I'm going to say that again. God is not afraid of your questions. He's not scared of your doubt in Him or, or the questions that you have about Him. And you know what? We're actually going to see that in our passage today. let's read it together now. John chapter 20, starting in verse 24. It says, But Thomas, called Twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples were telling him, Hey, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, If I don't see the mark of the nails in his hands, put my finger in the mark of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will never believe. A week later, his disciples were indoors again, and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and look at my hands. Reach, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Don't be faithless, but believe. Thomas responded to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have, who have not seen and yet believe. So here we have Thomas. He's one of the disciples, and he wasn't in the room when Jesus suddenly appeared to them. And so now he's learning secondhand from word of mouth about the risen Jesus appearing in a windowless, locked room. And immediately he's like, no way. You know what? I don't buy it. No way that happened. Maybe you're like Thomas. You know, I know, I know several people in my life who, who are like him, right? You know, he's like, hey, you know, you know what will make me believe? You know, I've got to see him. You know, I've got to see Jesus. I've got to see the marks of the nails in his hands. I've got to put my finger in the hole marks on his hands. And I've got to put my hand in his side where it was pierced. You know, then I'll believe. Then I'll believe. Thomas is like a see it to believe it kind of guy. Maybe you're like Thomas here. 
And honestly, like I said, a lot of people are. I've heard it time and time again, you know, when asked, what would it take for you to believe in God? Oh, I've got to see proof. Like, I've got to see a miracle. Yeah, or hey, I've got to hear the voice of God with my own two ears. You know, Jesus has to come and tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, what's up? Want to follow me? You know, some, some weird thing like that has to happen. And then you know what? Yeah, I'll believe. Well, Thomas, he's no different here. He's like, hey, I have to see and feel the glory marks, and then I will believe that Jesus has risen. It's just a clear view of the mind of mankind, how we, how we think and act. And while it's also showing us the nature of God, you know, that he doesn't shy away from our doubts. Because what happens next? Well, Jesus shows himself to Thomas. It says a week later, his disciples were indoors again, and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, uh, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. So, so now, hey, now Thomas, he's in the room where it happens, right? And Jesus appears and he immediately says, Peace be with you. Two reasons why this is significant. Number one, Jesus just appears in a room where that is impossible. You know, he doesn't want them to be alarmed. But then number two, the disciples, remember where they were. They were in a state of fear and confusion. They've just lost their teacher and their friend. They're scared that they may be next. They're confused over what Jesus has been teaching about this new kingdom. You know, they thought of it as an earthly kingdom, and so now they think that's gone. So Jesus appears and brings peace to the situation, reassuring them that He is still with them. He is still there and that He is still in control. Oh, how many of us today need that reassurance? You know, that knowledge that there is a God and that He is still working, still moving. Jesus is with you. So have peace in that knowledge. And then after extending peace, you know, Jesus, he focuses attention to Thomas, whom he knows. You know, just like he knows everybody uh, that listens to this podcast, just like how he knows you, right? He knew exactly what Thomas needed. And then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Don't be faithless, but believe and then we have Thomas's response. He responded to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said, Because you've seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen yet believe. And so now we see Jesus not shying away from Thomas and his doubts by saying, Hey, you know, here come and feel the marks. Come and put your hand where they pierced my side. Do what you need to do so that you can believe in me. Don't be faithless, but believe. And then Thomas, he does two things. Number one, well, he doesn't do one thing, which is reach out to feel. All he has to do is see Jesus in front of him. That's all it takes. He sees Jesus, and then number two, he responds. He responds and calls Jesus his Lord and his God. He believes. And Jesus tells him, because you have seen me, you have believed. And so Thomas is doubting Thomas no more. He sees and he responds and he believes. This interaction between Thomas and Jesus is just like the ones that we've seen, right? It's life-changing, life-altering. Thomas will become one of the disciples who would go on to proclaim Christ as the risen Lord until they kill him for it. Thomas was said to have been run through by a spear while preaching in India. You know, at one time he may have been doubting Thomas, but he died as just Thomas, disciple and proclaimer of Christ. So now as we come to a close, 
You know, I don't know where you're at in your walk with Christ. Now, are you in a season of doubt or confusion? Hey, it happens. But it's important where you go to for answers in those seasons of your life. You know, we see by this interaction that if we go to the source of truth, if we go to God, He will provide and give you clarity. But will you respond? You know, there were those who witnessed miracle after miracle in Jesus' time. They were, you know, they were even fed via miracle, you know, the miraculous feeding of the 5,000. But even people after seeing that still chose to walk away from Jesus and follow Him no more. So, you know, it takes more than just seeing to believe. It takes faith. Like mustard seed level faith. So what is your faith like right now? Because Jesus told Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not yet seen and still believe. So where are you at right now? Do you have doubts or questions? Bring them to the feet of Jesus. Because you know what? God is bigger than your doubts and questions. Step out in faith and go to Him for answers. Pray with me. Father, I thank You for this time. I thank You for this time that we have together just to to go through Your Word and look at these meaningful, impactful interactions that You had with people around You. You know, like Thomas, the see-it-to-believe-it kind of guy. You know, I thank you that he, he didn't stay doubting Thomas, but all he needed to do was just see you. He didn't have to feel you. He didn't have to go, go, go and, and feel the, the piercings in your side and on your hands. God, all he had to do was see you in front of him. And Father, that's all we need. And so, God, I pray that we can have the, the faith to see you working in front of us. And if there's, any, and if there's somebody here that's listening to this, right now, even me, you know, we all fall into the trap of of doubting you or questioning you, God. I pray that if that ever happens, or if there are ever seasons of doubt or confusion, that we can go straight to you, not to social media, not to the internet, you know, not to to friends or or even family, but God, we go to you with those those questions and doubts, because that's the only place that we're going to find total truth, and we thank you for that. And Father, I thank you if you know for, for your word, for the gospel message, for what it says, you know, that you came to die for mankind, to, to wipe the sin debt out. Because sin equals death. But you loved us so much you sent Jesus to die for us. So that one day we could be with you forever. And I thank you for that. But God, we have to repent. We have to turn from our old life and turn to you fully in faith and trust. And so if somebody who's listening to this hasn't done that yet, God, I pray that right now that could happen. And that they know they can reach out to me via comment. And I can talk to them one-on-one about what it means to be a follower of you. God, we love you and we thank you for all that you do for us. Be with us now in your name we pray. Amen. Well, hey, I want to, uh, once again, I want to shout out to Anchor, the app with the tools to help me bring this podcast to life. And I'm so excited to, to be launching it. Podcasting is one of those things I love to listen to. And so just being able to, to now host one and do one, it, it's, it's, it's amazing. And I just thank Anchor for, for giving me the tools to help do that. But I also want to thank you. Thank you so much for listening. It truly means a lot that you would take time out of your, out of your busy days to, to listen and study the word with me right now. But you know what? Hey, I'm Matt, and I'll talk to you next Wednesday night, you know, whenever.